hail and well met. Welcome to another episode of Self-Evidence. My name is Jenna, and with me are... Eliana, Hannah Rose, and Alyssa. And today, we are going to be talking about good entertainment, good forms of entertainment. So, last episode, uh, Kenna and Eliana kind of went over consequences of entertainment, be they good or be they bad. Depending on what you fill your heart with, that is what comes out. And so, since we talked about bad entertainment versus good entertainment last week, we are going to give you guys some suggestions for good entertainment, be they books, movies, board games, songs. Which will hopefully be helpful because good entertainment can be pretty hard to find. We're going to go with book recommendations first. If you guys have been listening to us for a while, I kind of feel like you would know that we like a lot of classical literature. So we're going to be recommending a lot of that. And hopefully we'll be able to recommend you some good modern soul food, if that makes any sense. Because I know some people, they like classical literature, but they like breathers from that as well. Kenna, do you want to go first? I have a lot of books. So just cut me off if I start going too long. But honestly, classics are always like when looking for good entertainment, classics are always a good choice because the story tends to be deeper. I mean, and not every single classic, but the story tends to be deeper and the view of good and evil in classics tends to be more biblically oriented. Like you may have characters who sin or you may have sins talked about in these books, but they're usually done through a very biblical lens. Like you take the Count of Monte Cristo, that book literally gives you a great picture of the depravity of mankind, but it's done through a biblical lens. And the, as these characters are engaging in such heinous acts, you're like, like, like the story shows that, hey, this is evil. Like it paints it as evil and bad and something you don't want to do. So some of my favorite classics are A Tale of Two Cities. I love that story and you've heard us talk about that before too lord of the rings and narnia of course narnia may be considered a children's novel but lewis's ideology when it came to stories was if you can't write a children's novel that's good for adults then you're not a very good author narnia is good for both kids and adults because the depth that you get from it changes depending on your age like when you're younger you see a good story and as you're older you can see some of the really deep truths behind it I know that you have a couple series that you really like that came out recently. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So for some modern stories, I really love Nadine Brandis' Out of Time trilogy because to me, it's a really good picture of when God absolutely changes someone's life. Also, it does a really good job of portraying characters realistically. I just think it does a really good job telling a story with some deep truths. And also the characters. I just like the characters. And then I also really like the Wingfeather saga. It's a very unique story because of the depth of it. It was written by Andrew Peterson, who's a songwriter. And you can see he managed to put music into words when he wrote the book so that it's just not only is it super deep and full of like depth and wisdom, it also the story is so good. And the writing is actually kind of gorgeous but you can't see us but Ellie and I are nodding along emphatically the Wingfather Sager is hands down one of the best series that I have read 
Absolutely. And they actually recently did like a TV series as Oh, well. it's true. And Yeah. one of my favorite bands, the Arcadian Wild, actually does a soundtrack for that. So it's kind of a really cool parallel to see one of my favorite authors and musicians uh, doing something with one of my other favorite musicians. So it's very exciting. But yeah, I know we're talking about books, but totally uh, go check that out too. Yes. We're going to be getting to entertainment with shows and music in one second, but let's finish up with the book recommendations. So uh, we're obviously going to have a whole list of everything that we listed and then the things that we forgot to list in our description. But Alyssa, what are some top books that you think everybody should read and is just glorious entertainment? Well, I mean, I've probably... mentioned this on different podcasts before. Um, I'm a huge Pride and Prejudice fan. I think that is her best novel. And obviously, it's her most popular. And it's for a reason. She has such a depth to each character that really allows you to understand the character and understand what they're about to say before they say it, because she sets up their character development so well at the beginning of the story. And you really feel like you're part of the end result, like you are invested in this story and making sure that Elizabeth is not <laughs> so proud. Scarlet Pimpernel is my favorite action novel of all time. It's by Baroness the Muska Orxy. It's very small read. You'll get through it in two or three days if you just sit down and read it. Um, fantastic action packed. You know, every other chapter, there's something new happening. There's a new discovery. And I'm, I know I've talked about that book many times before. I'm a huge fan of John Flanagan as an author. He has two big series. One is The Ranger's Apprentice, which I know Eliana loves. The second one is The Brother Brand Chronicles. That is such an excellent series as well. Each book he writes is fantastic. He takes years to write these novels, and he puts his heart and soul into each book he writes. Um But as it relates to more serious, maybe more theological books, I really love Fault Lines by Vodi Bauckham. That was really instrumental in my life when I was at Trinity Christian College for my first year. And I was kind of bombarded with um, racism and all of these things that were kind of leveled against me with their ideology. And reading his book really set me in a good foundation for what... Um, I should be leaning towards in a debate like that. Um, and then as it relates to my personal life, I really love the book Favor by Greg Gilbert. And he, just like the title suggests, he goes through what it means to have the favor of God. And that was really instrumental in my spiritual life as, you know, we know we're not saved by works, but that the Lord calls us to good works as he talks about, as Paul talks about in Ephesians 2. And how does that work out? Like, do we earn favor with God because we obey him? And Greg Gilbert just fleshes that out in such a beautiful, simple way. The book is, it's small. It's not that big. Again, we'll link everything in the description for this podcast of everything we're referencing. Um, but those were just two good books for me, theologically. Love that so much. Okay, Eliana, your turn. Well, Kenna and Alyssa have already mentioned several very, very good books. Um, among those that I've actually really enjoyed is uh, Tale of Two Cities. I just want to add that that book has some of the like best plot twists. And if you like stories that, you know, you get to the end and then suddenly like 
80 different things that you just kind of picked up reading through the story suddenly come alive, then that is such a good book for you to read. And I really enjoyed it. And I'm actually, I'm not a super big classics person. Like I, when I read them, I like them, but it's not usually like my first go-to. Yeah, that's not, that's not something that you'll go back to over and over again. You'll enjoy yeah. it while you're reading it. Yeah, like I'll, I'll read it and I'll, I enjoy it for what it is, but it's not usually something that I'll immediately go pick up off the shelf. My favorite stories growing up, and so a lot of these stories I've also read, like say when I was in grade school and that sort of thing. Um, and still actually a lot of them are still awesome to read today. The one series that comes to mind first, which was my favorite series growing up, is The Epic Order of the Seven by Jenny Cody. Fantastic sto uh, storytelling. Basically, it's the story and of um, a group of animals and they go through uh, it's like historical fiction. So they go through the Bible and they go through different stories of American history. It is so interesting to read. It makes learning so fun for me as a young kid. It made the Bible come even more alive because as an animal lover, I got to see a lot of uh, different unique perspectives that I hadn't had heard of before. Um, some of the other series that I can think of that come to mind, um, I'm surprised actually Kenna did not mention this one because this was her favorite, is the Mysterious Benedict Society. That one is just kind of a fun, light read, um, very interesting, wholesome, clean story. <laughs> and when we, say, when we say wholesome, clean story, we don't mean boring. Mysterious, exactly. Mysterious Benedict Society is a story of four children who are kind of loners. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that series. Super yes. interesting to and read. One of the neatest parts I, I feel like about the series is that it there's so much heart behind it. Trent and Lee Stewart, there's such a special like magic or mystery to the heart of the story. You don't really find many other books that have that special part to it. It was I, I really loved that series growing up. And, exactly. and then just as a couple more uh, book series or books that I have found to be really interesting. Um, one of them is the Code of Silence trilogy. And that one is so, so interesting. If you like mystery and like crime and those sort of novels, then that's a very good novel for you because it's also, it's modern and... And it's also a bit of a thriller, I would say. Yeah, yes, it, absolutely. it's definitely a bit of a thriller. Always Sherlock Holmes. And then uh, that that's all, always very good. And then to kind of move away a little bit from the fiction to more the more like apologetic side of things, I have found um, The Reason for God by Tim Keller, who I know is kind of a kind of a controversial subject right now but that book is very very good it presents a lot of compelling evidence that isn't just emotionally led it's just very factual and i really enjoyed reading it um near christianity is screw tape letters basically anything by c.s lewis is always fun because his writing is very stream of consciousness and like kind of he just writes whatever comes into his head which i really appreciate um and yeah those are some that I can think of. Okay, really fast. I need to add a couple of nonfiction books to mine. If you don't mind, I just- Go for it. They're really good and I'm thinking of them. Bonhoeffer by Eric Metaxas, an amazing biography. It's so well-written. I love it. The Hiding Place by Corey Tenboom. You can see like the way she describes what happened and seeing God's hand was so amazing. And then I have more, but I can stop. We are going to put out a giant list of books and movies and games and songs. We've done an entertainment podcast before, and we've actually have a playlist of music 
on our stories on Instagram. So on one of our highlights, if you guys are interested in that, or if you're looking for something else to read, just scroll through it. It's wholesome and good does not mean it's boring. There are, like I, like we said before with Tim Shoemaker, with the Code of Silence series, that that is definitely a thriller where I felt like my hands were literally magnetized to those books. I could yes. not put them down. It was one of the best experiences I've had with books. There are a couple books that I'm just going to throw out here and then I'll put the rest in a, in a list. And maybe we can just do like installments, article installments of like recommendations every so often. A couple books that I've been reading recently, there are a little bit more, uh, they're more current. Uh, one of them is called Sweep, the story of a girl and her monster from Jonathan Ogsier. So it's a story about a little girl set in Victorian London. And this girl is a chimney sweep. And she was abandoned by her protector when she was very young, and she doesn't know what happened to him, why he left her. He leaves a gift for her that turns out later to be, as the, the title kind of gives away, her friend, but also what society would call a monster. It is an absolutely endearing novel. Another great book that I've read recently, more like I consumed very, very voraciously it I could not put it down it is called the unlikely escape of Uriah Heep by H.G. Perry and this is for my fellow classical literature nerds if you love David Copperfield or anything by Charles Dickens if you love Arthur Conan Doyle if you love C.S. Lewis this book is for you it is a story about two brothers there is um the younger brother has the ability to draw characters out of books because his imagination is just so vivid the people the characters just spring to life so think having tea with sherlock holmes going to mr tumnus's house one of the coolest books ever and it's not a jane austen book where it's just everybody visiting each other's houses and having tea and spilling gossip it's not that at all it is an adventure story and it starts off with Charlie calling his older brother named Rob in the middle of the night saying, um, I was reading David Copperfield again and Uriah Heep escaped uh, again and I need help coming to catch him because this one is a little bit more violent than normal. The story progresses in such ways where you're just meeting new characters right and left and there's this beautiful plot behind it. You don't, you don't see anything coming. It's one of the best adventure stories I've ever read. And the more characters that are added to it, like Heathcliff comes in from uh, Wuthering Heights. The interpretation of him, the reader that brought him to life, has had imagined him, you know, like this tall, dark, and handsome man. And when Bronte said that his eyes were flames of passion, this guy literally had eyes that were flames. It's magnificent. And those are the two books that I'm going to recommend. Um, and then we'll put the rest in a big, long article for everybody else. But I wrote those down. I'm going to look them up as soon as we're done recording. My younger brother had ordered it from the library. He just orders books from the library. As soon as he hears them, he's just like, oh, I'll add that to my list. So he has like a pile the size of like probably to the ceiling at this point of books next to on his nightstand. And so he's just like going through them one at a time. I had saw this book last year when we were on vacation at this beautiful bookstore called Horizons Books in Traverse City, Michigan unfortunately didn't buy it then but he had he had put it on his reading list so it was just there I picked it up I finished it within hours it's just you know one of those stories that you just want to put 
on as your own personality. And I am absolutely looking up all of her other books. I'm going to be reading every single one of H.G. Perry's books. All that being said, let's move on to other forms of entertainment, because believe it or not, folks, books are not the only way to entertain. What do you suggest as some of like the best soul food movies ever? The first one is is a show, and it's on PBS. It's a masterpiece production, and it's called All Creatures Great and Small. All of us enjoy it thoroughly. It's this young Scotsman who goes to Yorkshire, England to uh, join the uh, practice of a veterinarian. And so they're going and taking care of um, rural farms and the plot just progresses around this one house called Skeldell House. It's just an absolutely beautiful show. And the next recommendation I would give something, a film that my family and I recently watched called The Phantom of the Open. And this is another English show, uh, not a show, it's a movie. And I'm just telling you, England does entertainment better in regards to books and music and movies and basically everything else. It's a true story about a, I think he's a Scotsman. And this man is named Morris Flitcroft. And he is a crane operator. His son tells his dad, well, I think we're going to, you're going to be laid off soon. So I think it would be wise for you to start looking for another job. So he and his buddies are like, okay, well, this is an opportunity for us to just pursue something that we've always wanted to pursue. Morris all of a sudden realizes, I think I'm going to uh, play in the British Open. And the British Open is actually a golf tournament. And so this man Morris Flitcroft in his 40s or 50s decides to go to one of the world's biggest golf tournaments, never playing round of golf in his entire life. There is a little bit of swearing, but it's heartwarming. It's wonderful. My family will absolutely be returning to it again because it's just a magnificent film. What I would recommend for a TV show, and this is kind of geared more towards middle school age and even high school age. I mean, I watched this show and actually um, my fiance grew up on this show and we're watching it together. If that gives you an idea of what age group can watch it, basically anyone. Um, It's called Avatar The Last Airbender. You can find it on Netflix. Um, Really fantastic. It's about these this group of kids that is trying to save civilization. It's very entertaining, very heartwarming. It has a good plot, had great writers, great animation. Um, So that's my show recommendation because I'm not a big show person for, you know, adult age group. I don't really get into them. And plus, a lot of them have a lot of content issues that I just can't stomach. So that's my show recommendation. Now, movies, I like movies. So if you like romantic comedies those are my heartwarming movies I'm not a Hallmark person I oh no I can't stomach those but I love romantic comedy because I love laughing and I love like the disheveledness of these people's lives it's very entertaining anyway <laughs> a movie that Ben and I my fiance and I are watching over again is how to lose a guy in 10 days now disclaimer it does it does have some language in it And there are some scenes that should be fast forwarded, but that's like the movie as a whole. If you look at it as a whole and most of the content is fantastic. The comedy is on point. It's with Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey. Oh my goodness. It's so good. Another (laughs) comedy I recommend is while you were sleeping with Sandra Bullock. 
there's actually literally almost nothing in that. There is one scene where everyone's like, really? But other than that, it's... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But so if you're into romantic comedies, because I know a lot of girls our age are. Another another phenomenal romantic comedy is, oh, one of my friends is going to hate me for, for recommending it, but it's called Confessions of a Shopaholic. It is. And is it on Netflix? I need to watch it now. It's Amazon Prime. I think it is. This girl has everything wrong with her life. And when I showed it to my friend, she was screaming at the tv the entire time it was wonderful i personally think it's a wonderful story there's nothing there's nothing risque about it at all it's just a hilarious plot and a failure of a woman who (laughs) as romantic comedies go gets everything that she dreams of father of the bride is also a great comedy woman who's getting married i think she's like 21 or something like that and her father just can't stomach it he just kind of has mental breakdowns throughout (laughs) and it's worth the watch we don't do a ton of movies and tv shows as a family i mean occasionally you know we'll find something that we like to watch and we'll watch it but in general we don't do a ton and so yeah i don't feel like i'm i'm like you know totally prepared to answer all of this but some of the things that we have done that we've really enjoyed are or is Andy Griffith. That one's just a very, very fun, lighthearted, uh, very peaceful, extremely fun to watch. Completely different realm. Uh, we really enjoyed watching National Treasure. The movies, one and two, both of them are actually really exciting. And if you like kind of like um, puzzle solving and that sort of thing, really exciting. It's kind of like watching an escape room in the form of a movie. It is so, so exciting. Oh, that's true. They are we really enjoyed watching them, so I would recommend those. There's nothing that I remember being inappropriate in them, but they, well. Yeah, there's, there's a couple. One, there's one scene in the second movie. So there's a couple things that are a little iffy. This is why Vid Angel exists. But exactly. also, I don't know. Well, I don't know if it needs Vid Angel as much. It's just there's a there's like one scene that's a little iffy. And parents might want to fast forward through it. It all depends on your uh, conscience. Exactly. Exactly. And then this one's not really like that much of a movie or a TV show, but I'm sure that most people who... um, But this one's not really actually like a movie or a TV show, but it's still a form of like video entertainment. And I think we all... I've loved it, watching it, but Studio C, and um, they come from uh, BYU. Very wholesome, clean comedy that we have enjoyed watching throughout mm-hmm. our whole lives. Yes. Disclaimer, they have gone a little bit woke and less funny as of recently, but they the original cast, I would say 2016, those videos are absolutely golden. If you want to go down a YouTube rabbit hole, Studio C is the way to go. Exactly. <laughs> and they're not even they're not even that hard to find. I mean, we say it's from like that long ago. I'd say even it may, maybe even a little past 2016, but you honestly just look up Studio C, all of their top videos with the most views are the old cast and decent values. Um yeah. and hilarious. Like I couldn't stop laughing. One of my one of my favorite sketches from them would definitely be anything with Scott Sterling in it. If yes. you really? humor. Yes. I didn't get the Scott Sterling ones. <laughs> oh, they're so good. Uh, just they, they have comedy for everybody. If you like physical comedy, if you like witty comedy, I like the like... witty comedy ones. Yeah, <laughs> they have. They also have romantic comedy as well. Like that's true. Where, 
Flirting Academy is one of my favorite sketches from them. That one's hilarious. Yeah, so we say every single person who's uh, listening, you have to look up on YouTube Studio C and you have to look up three things. One is Scott Sterling, hilarious, and that'll give you the physical comedy. Two is Flirting Academy, and that'll give you like the rom-com sort of comedy. And then third one. Teddy Story Joint? Huh? Teddy Story Joint? No, mm, what's a really popular Woody one? Do Teddy Story Joint? That one's hilarious. Um, their uh, their poker tournament is really good. Yeah, I'd say the poker is so good. Yes. Okay, then I, I would it. say for the third one, I have a couple that are tied because I couldn't think of only three. And so the first one would be Teddy Story Joint. Yeah, Teddy mm-hmm. Story Joint. Very that fun. Hilarious. Um, it's got some good wit in there. And then the other one are they have the poker face um, sketches. Hilarious. So funny. Can't stop laughing. Like the wind. <laughs> <laughs> like the wind. Another thing, Studio C is really quotable for some reason. If you watch <laughs> it, you'll find yourself <laughs> quoting them. And then if you're looking for more kind of, they're not TV shows, but they're not standalone movies and they're not sketches. I know everyone knows about the Lord of the Rings movie set that's such a good recommendation for anyone that was gonna be my recommendation other than lord of the rings i was gonna say i haven't watched it but i've heard of the wing feather saga i've heard that's good but i haven't watched it i don't really watch much i watch like lord of the rings and newsies i i have one more show recommendation there is a sherlock holmes spinoff with Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman on Netflix. And it is Sherlock Holmes and John Watson set in modern times. So they're solving original cases from the books, but it's all set in modern times. Dr. Strange and Bilbo. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And And it's just called Sherlock. Yes, it's just called Sherlock. They are the best depictions of Sherlock and John Watson that I have seen. Would you say it's pretty yeah. clean or is there some... I would say it's pretty clean if you don't mind like the thriller aspect of it and the there there is like a bit of blood and guts and things like that. Mm-hmm. So if you don't mind that so much, um, I'm trying to think there's, there's not, from what I recall, and my family and I, my entire family has watched Sherlock. There's not many, I would say, risque parts. Mm-hmm. There's one episode that we haven't watched and that one is A Scandal in Bulgravia but there is little to no risque in any of the rest of the episodes. A TV show that has come out recently that I haven't watched, but I've heard it's really good, and I know someone who has watched it, is called The Wingfeather Saga. They actually made, it's through Angel Studios, the same studio that does The Chosen, but I've heard that one is really good. I haven't actually seen it. Um, Disney produced, like, a while ago, it's not a very faithful adaptation, but yeah. the first movie I thought was decent, especially because they actually managed to keep a lot of the theology behind the books in the movie. Mm-hmm. And so I would say the first Chronicles of Narnia movie was pretty good. The Lion, the Witch, the, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah, not. I, I wasn't super impressed with the Don Treader, Prince Caspian, though. Those ones kind of they were changed so much from the books, and it took out a lot of the theology behind it. And then kind of in the same realm, but a little bit more 
I don't know, some of our listeners are into war movies. I really love Gladiator. I love the movie Braveheart and Hacksaw Ridge was fantastic. So if you're into those, now there is obviously because of the nature of the movies, there is going to be some language and Braveheart has (laughs) a a couple scenes, but in (laughs) the big realm of things, it's an absolutely fantastic movie. And the Patriot is an also fantastic. Yeah. Speaking of war movies, that reminds me of the sound of music. I don't know if you can technically classify that as a war movie. I would say it's a war sound movie. The music is really good. Sound of music is fantastic. If you like action movies, one of my favorite movies that I've actually watched a couple times, and usually I don't end up watching movies more than once, is um, Prince of Persia. Not entirely, like perfectly clean. That for the is most a good part, movie. it completely is. Like for and any teen it's totally fine like i'm not even sure it might even only be pg too it might be pg-13 i'm not sure but i think it's pg um, it, yeah it might be pg <laughs> but it, it's it, yeah. so fun to watch and i love watching stunts because I, I like um i love action movies and like seeing all of the stunts that people do and that movie was a big inspiration <laughs> so um, super i love fun. that so if you like action and stunts I totally watch prince of Persia. Yeah, and it brings aspects of magic into it, so it's really fun. A lot of these uh, forms of entertainment and that sort of thing that we're recommending aren't perfectly squeaky clean, but however, they the actual values that are inside of them and the p- different premises they're built upon are way more wholesome than most of the things that are shown today and accepted widely as um, like popular movies, TV shows, books, music. And so while it's not something where you just watch it and you sit back and you're like, oh, there's no discernment needed here, way more wholesome than most of what we watch nowadays. So before we segue into the music section of our recommendations, I have two more shows. And I kind of feel like since we're all, this is primarily not only two girls, but I kind of feel like we have the majority of female listeners. there's there's these two shows uh, that are based off of actually some really good books. So there's this one show called Dr. Thorne. Uh, then there's another one called Howard's End. And it's also based off of a story. And this was, I would say, about World War I as well. Um, both phenomenal shows, very heartwarming, very beautiful to watch. I just am very invested in them because of the stories uh, they do a very, very good job of explaining the plot. And with that all being said, let's move on to the music aspect of this podcast, which I kind of feel like, Eliana, you're just going to blow <laughs> us all away with all of the recommendations that you have. So why don't you take the front on this one? Well, I have a lot, but I'll keep it mostly brief, uh, simply mostly for brief. mostly brief <laughs> time's sake. Yeah, so I like a lot of different kinds of music. And my favorite kinds of music are the ones that make you think extremely deeply. And I love songs that honestly grapple with the questions that we have. And I mean, largely from a Christian perspective, and I still do enjoy listening to songs though that still grapple with those questions, but maybe aren't quite there yet. Some of um, the artists that I probably listened to the most growing up is the band 10th Avenue North. They write, music with a biblical perspective about God, the Christian music, Christian band. 
and uh, really, really cool songs because it's not just like repeated courses and repeated bridges over and over again. It's like really deep theological stuff and I really love listening to them. And so yeah, 10th Avenue North, some of my favorite other bands that I would be missing if I didn't label them is uh, The Arcadian Wild, amazing. It's like an actual, each instrument that they play is in symphony within itself. Like every single instrument has its own part, its own standalone piece that would be beautiful by itself, but together makes it even more wonderful. I just, yeah, I, I love them so much. And then a couple other ones would be actually Sleeping At Last. I like a, how deep a lot of their songs are, very thought provoking. And um, I think they're very, very fun to listen to. <laughs> On the other side of things, when it comes to like, um, bluegrass and you know um some more of the of those i actually really really like gillian welch and david rawlings um especially when they do like songs like i'll fly away and that sort of thing they have a couple songs that they have a couple songs that are like really weirdly horrible language like here and there but for the most part like they'll do a lot of covers of songs and they talk about you know going to heaven and jesus and that sort of thing but then, yeah, ever so often you get the really weird off one. But um, in general, most of their stuff is really good. Love that so much. What about you, Alyssa? Do you have any great soul food song recommendations? Well, I kind of love different artists. Some artists, I they might be controversial. So just take my opinion with a grain of salt. Because like we said before, you have to follow your conscience. And if I recommend an artist that you're not comfortable with, please know that's totally okay. Um, I really love Michael Buble. I love Frank Sinatra. I love Etta James. James T.W. is a more modern artist. Um, I really love Cody Fry. He has a great album. I was going to recommend him if you weren't. Yep. He is very talented with his writing. I like other artists for different songs, but I think those are just a few that I just really enjoy. That's beautiful. Do you have any, I know um, I'm putting this out there because I know you you like um, albums that are classically related. Do you have any uh, recommendations in regards to that? Yes. So I, I pulled up my Spotify because I want to make sure I pronounce it correctly. It has 18 songs. There's this kind of classical piece more instrumental, dramatic, extremely dramatic, based off of A Thousand and One Nights, if you know the story of that legend. Anyway, you can find the album on Spotify. It's called Rimsky Korsakov. Shahrazad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it has an orange, orangey look to it. It's of a woman with a veil over her face, kind of, to give you a visual of that. Yeah. And we'll link it in the description. Yes. Fantastic album. I also love Broadway musical of Anastasia. The, the Every single song in that album is so good. And you have a lot of Broadway musicals where they have good songs, but then others not so good. Wicked is kind of like that. They have you know three or four really amazing songs, but then some of the other ones are just eh, not that good. Anastasia, completely different. Every single song hits every single time you listen to it. So those are my Broadway classical. I try to keep my music really diverse, even though I don't like that word. <laughs> I love that so much. And yes, I can confirm Anastasia 
as soon as I as I decide as soon as I decided to listen to that specific musical, the opening notes hit and I was frozen. I was immediately enchanted from start to finish. That album is phenomenal. Cannot recommend that story highly enough. Kenna, what about you with recommendations? I'm going to have to look up Anastasia. Uh, most of my music recommendations I get from Eliana. And um, I do a lot of, like, I'll find one song I really like by an artist. And I have a lot of one-off songs I listen to that may not be, like, the whole album or whatever. Gotcha. But I do, I listen to a lot of Switchfoot songs. I I really like, because there's a lot of, like, depth to them. And he's very creative with his words, the wordplay. So I like Switchfoot. Um, Matthew West writes some really deep songs like um, Untold or what was the other one? Unplanned. Those two have almost made me cry several times. Um, And then Blessings by Laura Story. I really like that one. Andrew Peterson. I know I recommended his book earlier. He writes such beautiful music and it's so deep. Um, And then I, I also enjoy the Arcadian Wild because their music, it's it's well-written and the musical aspect of it too is there's just, there's so, like each instrument has, like Ellie said, its own part. It's, yeah, so I really like the Arcadian Wild too. That is magnificent. I totally forgot to add like one of my favorite. I need to, uh, John Foreman. He's the frontman of Switchfoot, but he does his own uh, like folk music on the side. Switchfoot's very good, but uh, John Foreman's own his own music is so 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 good. I love it very much. Well, I think we have a lot of good music recommendations, so I'll just add only a couple more. I love Stephen Sanchez. He is kind of like a folk-ish singer. He has a lot of beautiful songs, and I'm sure everybody has heard them. If you guys, his most popular song is called "Until I Found You." And then another one of my favorite songs from him is called See the Light. I enjoy this artist named Lenka. I don't listen to her very often because you have to be in a specific mood to listen to her. She is definitely more of a happy-go-lucky artist. So she would make these songs with little ukulele and she would sing about, you know, how life is all sunshine and lollipops and rainbows. And it's really cute. It's just a happy mood setter. I love listening to... Keith and Kristen Getty. Those are one of my favorite uh, Christian artists. In regards to musicals, well, uh, Anastasia, as Alyssa pointed out, is one of the best musicals that you could possibly listen to. Honestly, I love that musical so much. I'm just furious with the ending. Another musical is a concept album put out by George Riviera Herranes. This is a album about the Odyssey. So if you are a myth fan, if you like reading about uh, Greece and Troy and the story of Odysseus, you are going to absolutely fall in love with these two albums. There are, and there are only eight songs. I also love anything, almost anything put out by um, a writer called Lin-Manuel Miranda. He wrote uh, the Hamilton musical. He wrote the Encanto soundtrack. Um, he wrote parts of uh, Disney's Moana. He is just absolutely brilliant with words and I enjoy him a lot. And we'll throw in like a couple more when we put up 
little articles for recommendations, uh, you're just going to have to go to the self-evident website for that, the selfevidentpodcast.com. Yes, we plug our own stuff. We are going to move on now before we end to board games and just games in general, because I kind of feel like that's overlooked a lot. There are good forms of games and there are bad forms of games. So what would you guys say would be first your favorite board game to play that maybe people haven't heard of? So I really love card games actually over board games. I've noticed that about myself. Whenever someone recommends a board game, I'm like, oh no, I like card games because they're more, I feel like interactional and board games tend to go way too long and people get tired and frustrated because people are taking so long, but card games are just so good. So I love phase 10. I love exploding kittens. If you don't know what it is, it's not literally exploding kittens. <laughs> We'd hope. It's great. I love Millborns. I love, um, I know Uno is a really common one, but Uno is great. And there are different ways to play Uno that make it not boring. Like a billion um, different ways. There's so many different ways to play Uno. Um, I love actually this game that we play so often with different family activities is called left center, right. And it's with quarters. You don't have to play with quarters, but there's more, literally more money on the line and you're more invested and there's more screaming and there's more fun anger when you have, you know, $3 invested into this, into this game in total. And then with recreational activities, um, my fiance and I help run a ministry at our church. And one of our favorite activities to do with the middle school kids is play hide and go seek in the dark. Now, sometimes that can get tricky if there are relationships in the mix. However, usually middle schoolers don't really have that. You have to worry about that with high school, not with middle school as much, at least with the group that we have. Um, so use your brain when you're playing that. Use your brain when you play this game. Okay. Specific don't forget. group of friends. <laughs> yes. Trusted group of friends is advised. Um, uh, so that's really fun to do. And then if you're just, I don't know, something to do in the summer, swimming is great. I actually love going on walks. It's very calming. Um, yeah. Those are my recs for this. Awesome. Great recommendations. Um, I do have mine now. Go for it. Um, do you want me to re-say the part about coup or can you just add it after? I can add that afterwards. Okay, cool. Then for a couple of recreational activities, I think that there are a lot of really fun things and I like them most when uh, I can do them outside and with friends. And so some of my favorite things to do um, recreational wise is canoeing and kayaking are so, so fun. And it's so fun to find like little hidden spots um, where you haven't been there before um, and just kind of see more of nature and what God's created. It's super, super cool. Um, like rock climbing and all of those sort of things, extremely fun. And so, yeah. Delightful. Hannah, do you have any recommendations in regards to games or recreation that it's kind of out of the ordinary and people would find intriguing? I don't know if it's out of the ordinary and people are going to find it intriguing, but I can give some recommendations. <laughs> Go for it. Like Alyssa, I tend to like card games more. So Oz Flux is one, F-L-U-X-X. -X. And then there's different themes. So like Wizard of Oz is the one we have. Um, but it's a game where the rules change all the time. And so that's just a ton of fun because you because it the game you have to be paying attention. The game doesn't stay the same. I also really like um, 
Dutch Blitz. Yes, that's a wonderful game. Also called Nerds. You can play it with Dutch Blitz cards or you can play it with just a regular pack of cards. But I really like that one. It gets so chaotic, especially when you have a lot of people playing and everybody's screaming and trying to build up piles the fastest. That one's just a ton of fun. Um, so those two are probably the card games I'd recommend. Um, for recreational activities, ultimate frisbee a phenomenal phenomenal way to spend time the right group of people around you it it can turn very very violent in a friendly way (laughs) very intense but you know like a pleasant intense yes a pleasant intense how on earth did we forget dancing Dancing. swing dancing line dancing all the dancing we turned this is not good okay yes we i would say it's safe to say that Every single member of Self-Evident loves to dance. I think so. Or at least is surrounded by people that love to dance and force them to also love to dance. So yes. yes. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> yeah, we love doing we love doing line dancing. We love doing um, English country dancing. Mm-hmm. We love you have you have to try it at least once in your life. And I know most people are like, oh, dancing is absolutely not my thing. No, dancing is absolutely your thing. You will love it as soon as you try it. Exactly. And we're not talking about prom jumping up and down dancing, uh-uh. like dancing. We're not talking about you're jumping up and down during like a song. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about like actual line dances, swing dancing. You kind of somewhat also need a good group of trustworthy people to do it with, because if you don't have like a good group of godly people to dance with, it could get weird. When you have a group of trustworthy godly people, it is an absolute blast board games and card games uh recommendations i would say one of my favorite games to play with siblings with friends is something called trial by trolley and this game there's a train track and there's a trolley coming down it and there are two tracks that the trolley will have to go over three groups of people i wouldn't say it's limited to three groups of people but the premise of the game is one person's the judge or a group, two other groups of people have to decide, they're given cards and they have to put things on the track that make the judge choose the other person's track. Does that make any sense? Yeah. So for example, there would be a card that says, this is a little boy who has just won his battle with cancer. And then the other card would be like, this is your firstborn son. And so you would put these two cards on alternate tracks and the judge would have to decide which track they would have to go down. (gasps) It is absolutely hilarious though, because there are other cards that you put on the other person's track. So for example, that would be like, okay, so they put down on their track, this is your firstborn son. Well, the opponent would put down on the same track, something like, robots that are about to take over the world if you don't destroy them right now and so there are different like pros and cons to the games and the the best part about this game is that the judge would ask the two groups like what made you choose this why wouldn't i want to choose your track instead and run your track over and so there was there's a lot of presentation that goes on with it and the logical conclusions and i'm putting up uh quotation marks the logical the logical arguments that are made up on the spot are simply hilarious your your ribs are going to 
break from laughing so much. It's an absolutely hilarious game. Another game that we recently learned is called Pitch Storm. And this is a, it's kind of the same thing where there's going to be a couple groups of people and there's a judge and you are given a bunch of cards and you have to come up with a movie on the spot and you have to pitch it to the judge. So I kind of feel like that wraps up our episode. And yes, this is rather long because we did have a lot of recommendations. Hopefully you guys found it, I don't know, entertaining and in a good sort of way. Let us still firmly rely on the protection of divine providence. As Mark Twain says, give every day the chance to become the most beautiful day of your life. And how that ties into our episode is make sure that you choose the right form of entertainment to make every day the most beautiful day of your life. This is self-evidence. <laughs>